Ron Hamilton. And uh, some of you may know, you may not know the name Ron Hamilton, but you may know the term Patch the Pirate. And uh, Ron Hamilton <coughs> was, uh, uh, was used by God, is being used by God in, in a tremendous way. And, and uh, many years ago, he found out that he had cancer in, uh, behind one of his eyes. And uh, he lost that eye. And laying in a hospital uh, room, he, he uh, penned the words to rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. And Ron Hamilton took a trial and a tragedy, and he turned it into triumph. And, uh, and that's what the Lord, by His grace, allows us to do. God's grace is an amazing thing. It's not just a cute song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. God's grace is amazing. And uh, it's amazing to save us. It's also amazing to sustain us in times of trouble and tribulation and turmoil. And so I appreciate the great message in the song this morning. Luke chapter 17, if you have a Bible with you, Luke chapter number 17. And again, thank you for being here. And I know I say it often, but boy, time just has a way of going by so quickly. And I remember when we unveiled the theme to 2019 back in January, uh, All Things Through Christ. And, uh, you know, here we are, Sunday before Thanksgiving, the year is, is <laughs> for the most part, is over and behind us, for just, except for just a few weeks. And, uh, and we praise the Lord for His hand of goodness and His mercy, and uh, praise the Lord for those who were saved this year, those who, who followed in believers' baptism. I believe we have folks lined up to be baptized at the end of service this morning, and that's wonderful. And uh, I just uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to serve Him. And so Luke chapter 17, and if you'll stand with me please, Luke 17, we'll begin in verse number 11. Luke 17, and we'll begin reading in verse number 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Verse 13, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. Notice what it says. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet, and, uh, face at his feet, at the feet of Christ, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger or Samaritan. Verse 19, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to draw your attention to that question Jesus asks in verse number 17. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? And let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments a very familiar story, a very familiar passage, and yet one that is so applicable to all of us because we all have something in common with this or with all of these lepers who were cleansed. If we're saved, we were on, uh, on occasion cleansed of our sins once and for all, saved forever. And uh, Father, I pray that you'd help us to identify ourselves with the one who gave thanks and not with the nine who did not. 
I pray that you'd speak to our hearts through the reading of your word and through the preaching of your word. Uh, Holy Spirit, I need your help, and I yield myself to you. Please uh, speak through me to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. In recent Sunday school lessons, we've been studying truths that are brought to light by certain questions that are asked in the Bible. I've enjoyed, uh, I can only speak for myself as a Sunday school teacher, but I've enjoyed the series of lessons on different questions in the Bible and how they provoke us to uncover or to reveal certain truths uh, in the Word of God. In our text, Jesus asks a question to one man that reveals to us a lot about human nature and how depraved it really is. This morning, I want us to look at this passage and ask ourselves if we are in that group that Jesus inquired about. I hope not. He said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And so you're either falling in one of those two groups. You're either in the 90% who did not come back to give thanks, or you're going to identify this morning in the the, the, the 10%, the one out of ten who came back and fell at the feet of Christ and said, thank you. And so this morning, as we, uh, as we go on in the message, I want to understand, I want to look at verse number 11 by way of introduction. Back in our passage, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now keep in mind, Jerusalem was in the southern part of Israel. There's three geographical regions that make up the land of Israel. There's Galilee in the north, there's Samaria in the center, and then there's Judea in the south. And of course, uh, Jerusalem is part of, uh, of Judah or Judea in that area. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was traveling from north to south. He was, he was coming from Galilee. And most Jews of that day, they would, they would bypass Samaria. They didn't like Samaria. Samaritans were not people that were looked upon with any kind of respect by the people of Israel. They were, they were, uh, Samaritans were part Assyrian and part uh, Jewish in their nature. And so the pure-blooded Jews, if you will, they had no dealings with Samaritans. And you'll, you find that in, in uh, John chapter 4 when Jesus met the woman of Samaria uh, at Sychar's well. And, and, uh, but time and time again, you see where Jesus... He didn't bypass Samaria because Jesus was just as interested in the Samaritans as he was in the Jews. He came for everybody. And let me say by way of introduction this morning, God's concerned about you regardless of what your background is. Regardless of who you are, where you came from, what the color of your skin is, what your nationality is, what your uh, ethnicity or ethnic group is, hey, God loves you this morning. And uh, uh, this uh, Friday and uh, this past Friday and Saturday, uh, we, uh, we, we took a group of young people over to youth conference in uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Our, our uh, missionary, Brother Phil Palace, I mentioned him a little while ago, doing a tremendous job over there. And that's just a huge melting pot of, of uh, people from all over the world who have converged there in Canada <coughs> and live there and so forth. In fact, his, uh, his piano player uh, just moved to Canada from Saudi Arabia. And uh, and, a Christian man loves the Lord and is now serving there as the church pianist and God's providing for them in a great way. But understand something, God is concerned about everybody. And Jesus, he did not go around Samaria to get to Jerusalem. He went right through Samaria to get through Jerusalem. And, uh, and while he was traveling through Samaria, uh, I want you to see what happens in verse number 12. It says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers 
which stood afar off. Now, I want you to see, first of all, this morning, the plight of the lepers. Jesus comes to this village in Samaria as he's passing through, and he comes by a a leper colony, if you will. Now, in those days, uh, lepers were quarantined. They were not allowed to live with the rest of society. If someone was found to have leprosy, they had to go live in one of these, what was called a leper colony. It was outside of the village, outside of the city, because they didn't want anyone else to be uh, infected with that awful disease of leprosy. And, uh, and there they had to stay either until they were cleansed, but usually that didn't happen, or until they died. And now Jesus is passing through, and notice what the Bible says in verse number 13. It says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So here are these ten lepers, and their plight was pretty bad. You see, leprosy was incurable in those days. If you were healed of leprosy, it was was an act of God. There was no medical science that would, uh, that would lend itself to, to being a, having a treatment that, was, uh, that, that would help the condition of leprosy. And in most cases, leprosy started out as just a, 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 a white spot on the skin, uh, on, usually on the extremities, or maybe on the nose or ears or, or hands or feet or whatever. And, uh, and leprosy, as it, began, as it uh, would progress, it would become very, very nasty. Uh, it was something to where <clears throat> as it would spread that leprosy and as it would get into its advanced stages, the fingernails would fall off and then it would literally eat away at the skin from the outside and work its way in and there would be nasty sores and, and uh, just, uh, uh, just, just a horrific, horrific, slow way to die. And in its more advanced stages, lepers, you, you would see lepers who had no hand or and they would lose an arm or they would lose a foot or a leg, and it was just a gruesome, grotesque way to slowly but surely die. That was the plight of these ten men in this leper colony. That was their, that was their state. That's where they were. They had to leave their home. They had to, these men, they had to leave a loving wife at home who I'm sure cried herself to sleep for many days and nights uh, after, after they had to leave to go to this leper colony. There were children, no doubt, who lost their daddy, who had to go and spend the rest of their lives in this leper colony. You can imagine the emotion that they had. Imagine their, their plight and their circumstances. They were in a bad way. They're in a bad way, kind of like you and I are spiritually in our natural state, kind of what you and I are before salvation, just as there was no cure for leprosy except for an act of God. Hey, my friend, there's no cure for sin except for an act of the God-man Jesus Christ. You can't, hey, you can't, uh, uh, you, you can't redeem yourself by your good works. You're not going to redeem yourself by baptism or by Lord's table or by church attendance or by doing good things or by helping citizens. No, sir. Just as leprosy, humanly speaking, was incurable, sin, in the spiritual sense, is humanly incurable. And only by grace and an act of God could there be a cure for leprosy. And only by the good grace of God will you ever be saved as a sinner separated by God or separated from God, I should say. So we see the plight of the lepers. And then I want you to see this, the prayer of the lepers. The prayer of the lepers. Look at verse number 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
Notice exactly what they said here. Jesus, Master. Now, there were a lot of people who knew Jesus' name, but they didn't call him Master. But these lepers, understanding that there was no hope outside of Jesus, there was no hope outside of the grace and goodness of God, they didn't just say, Jesus, would you help us? They said, Jesus, Master, Lord, Son of God, Jesus, we recognize you for who you are. Notice the prayers of the lepers. Not everyone recognizes him today as Savior or Master. These men did. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus is? I like what that songwriter said. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Do you know who he is this morning? Is he, is he just, was he just the baby in the manger? Oh, thank God for the baby in the manger. Thank God for all the trappings of Christmas. And again, the, the, the decorations are beautiful and they're wonderful and we enjoy them. But you understand something this morning. Jesus has to be more to you than just a baby in a manger. Jesus has to be more to you than just a good man. He has to be more to you and I than just someone who went about doing good, although he did go about doing good, and in so doing was an example for those of us who are saved to follow as our pattern, as our example of living. But if he's, if he's just a baby in a manger, and if he's, he was just a good man, if he was just a philanthropist, if he was just somebody who was a good teacher, and you may, you missed the whole boat if you don't understand this morning that Jesus is master. He was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He was God come down from heaven to earth to take upon the form of a man to be born in Bethlehem's manger and to live a sinless life and to go to Calvary and to die and to bleed and to suffer and to be raised again after three days so that we could go to heaven. That's who Jesus has to be to you and I if he's going to make a difference in our plight, if he's going to make a difference in our lives, in our eternity. We see the plight of the lepers. We see the prayer of the lepers. They understood that Jesus was their only hope. They understood that Jesus was their only way out. They understood <clears throat> that no doctor could save them. They understood there was no medication available. They understood there was no remedy, uh, remedy at hand. But they saw hope when Jesus passed by. And that brings me to the compassion of the Savior. The compassion of the Savior. Look at verse number 14. It says, and when he, talking about Christ, and when he, Jesus, saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, stay with me here. It says, and when he saw them. I don't believe Jesus glanced over there. I think he looked at them. I don't think it was just a passing glance. I don't think it was just, oh, yeah, there's, there's some lepers over there. So what? No. I want you to see the compassion of Christ. He did something about what he saw. It says that when he saw them, not just a sight, but a vision. Understand something this morning. God loves you. God loves you. You're not just an uh-oh with God. You're not just one of 7.5 billion people on planet Earth today. You're not just a statistic. You're not just someone, you're not just another face in the crowd, so to speak. No, my friend, God loves you this morning. He sees where you are. He knows who you are. He knows what your name is. He knows what your living conditions are right now. He knows the circumstances in your life. He knows everything about you. And you understand the compassion that Jesus showed toward that leper is no more a parent than the compassion that he's shown to you and I he loves you 
You're not just a sight to him, but you're a vision to him. He has a vision for your life. Your life means something to him. You're a designer's model to him. You're somebody that he's made in his own image, and he knows that he knows who you are, and he cares about you. Oh, does Jesus care? Oh, yes, I know he cares. Um, his, his heart is touched with my griefs when the days are weary and the long nights dreary. I know my Savior cares for me, the songwriter said. He cares for you, too. He cared for these lepers. Oh, how his heart went out to them. You see, the lepers didn't know, or maybe they didn't realize that Jesus knew everything there was to know about them. But as Jesus passed through Samaria, and as he approached that leper colony outside the village, and he saw those ten men from afar off, Jesus knew their name. In his mind, Jesus was thinking about their wives that were back home. Jesus thought about those children that called them daddy that hadn't spent Christmas with them in several years now. He thought about the birthdays that these men had missed with their children because of the separation from their homes. And, and, as, and as, he, as, he, as he passed by, I'm sure the compassion began to, to, to rise in the Savior. And look at what he did. By the way, compassion causes us to do something about it. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Look with me again in verse number 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. That's interesting. He didn't say anything like, Fellas, I'm going to heal you. He didn't say that. He said, go, show yourselves to the priests. That brings me to the next thing, the command of the master. You see, it was Old Testament procedure to follow once a leper had been cleansed. In the Old Testament, if God performed a miracle in your health as a leper and you were cleansed, you felt like you were cleansed of your leprosy, there was a procedure that you had to go through before you were allowed to go home and rejoin your wife and children. And that procedure was this. You had to go and show yourself to the priest. Now, the only way, the only motivation, the only reason you would have to go show yourself to the priest was if you were healed or if you thought you had been healed. You follow me? Notice what happened in the story. It, it, nowhere do you see where it says Jesus said, okay, fellas, you're healed, so go show yourself to the priest. He didn't say that. Look at what it says again. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. He said, Hey, fellas, go show yourself to the priest. They might have said, Well, <laughs> I have no evidence that I have been cleansed. I have no evidence that I'm healed. I have no evidence that this leprosy is any better now than what it was five minutes ago before we started yelling at the master Jesus coming across the, the road there. But he said, go show yourself to the priests. Let's go, boys. They took Jesus at his word. By the way, that's what we all ought to do. Take Christ at his word. Take God at his word. Hey, preacher, how do I know everything's going to be okay? Hey, you know what? I read the back of the book and we win. <laughs> everything's okay in my father's house. Why? Because God has told me, hey, trust and obey. Trust me enough to do what I tell you to do. And Jesus said to these ten lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. And so they set out to go and show themselves to the priest. I don't know how far the priest lived from where they were. I don't know how far their leper colony was from the village to the nearest priest where they were going to show, but they're walking down the road. And then... And I could hear, I could imagine the conversation. 
hey, Harry, you heard what he said, but that priest is going to laugh at us when he gets there. And he says, what are you fellows doing out of your colony? <laughs> and, uh, and, they'd be, and somebody said, hey, hey, look, look at this. Look, I look just like I did before I came to this awful place. The spots are gone, the sores are gone, the bleeding has stopped, and I can't explain this, fellas. But... And they began to do a little self-examination of their own, and they found out that as they went to the priest, as they were in the process of obeying, doing what Jesus said to do, the healing came, the, uh, they, they, were, they were cleansed of the leprosy, and oh, what a time they had. Oh, what a time they had. By the way, the same excitement that ought to characterize us as Christians... The fact that gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my heart is clean. In my life's a song buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. Thank God my sins are gone. That's what Jesus did for all of us on a spiritual level. He said, just take me at my word. By the way, that's how you get saved. You take God at his word. How do you know you're saved, preacher? I took God at his word. How do you know you're going to heaven? Because I took God at his word. How do you know everything's going to be okay? I'm taking God at his word. I'm simply saying God can be trusted. He can be trusted with your salvation. He can be trusted with your eternal destiny. He can be trusted with your everyday living. And these men, they, they exemplified that because Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And they went. And in the process of doing what Jesus said to do, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. And then I want you to see very quickly the praise of the healed. Look at verse number 15. Verse number 15, Luke chapter 17, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at, at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. See the picture. Ten men walking toward the priest's office. And they realize they're healed. And boy, they're jumping up and down and they're shouting and they're rejoicing and they're weeping tears of joy and everything is wonderful. And all of a sudden you see one turn around and go back. The Bible says he went back and he, he fell on his face before the Savior and he glorified God and he thanked him. The message this morning, very simple. Who do you identify with there? Do we identify with the nine who experienced the same rejoicing and the same healing, the same cleansing as the other guy did, but they didn't turn around to say thank you? Or can we say honestly before God this morning that we can identify with this Samaritan, this foreigner, if you will, this man who by his own nationality, by his own uh, uh, national group, was disdained by the average Jew because this guy was a Samaritan. The Bible points that out specifically here at the end of the verse. But can we identify with him, though he was a Samaritan, he understood what Jesus did for him, and he wasn't going to let the opportunity slip away to go back and fall on his face and glorify God for his goodness to him personally. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who do you identify with? Are you part of the 90% of God's people, as it were, who have experienced salvation like all 100% have, who have trusted Christ as their Savior? Or are you part of that small minority, that 10% of God's people who express thanks? 
who give thanks. Something that I need to ask myself this morning. We're so, we're so busy, aren't we? We get so wrapped up in all the things going on that we don't spend regular time thanking God for his goodness in our lives. The perplexing question Jesus said in verse number 17. Here's this man, this Samaritan, who's been cleansed of his leprosy like the other nine were. And he's on his face. And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? It's a rhetorical question. Jesus, of course, knew there were ten cleansed. He said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? Where is the thanksgiving from the 90%? That's where we are today. Where's the thanksgiving from 90% of God's people? People who've been healed, people who've been cleansed, people who've been forgiven of their sins. Hey, let me ask you a very simple question this morning. What's your gratitude like? What's your gratitude like? I believe we mentioned it in Sunday school, but thanksgiving is more than just a feeling. More than just, well, you know, I feel grateful. And that's good. That's a good start. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you were to interview these nine guys over here as they're, boy, they're, man, they're, they're making tracks to the priest's office. Because they want to show them, look, look, here's what happened. We're cleansed. And they're excited about their future. They're excited about going home to their wife and their children. And well, they should have been. But wait a minute. They forgot something very, very important. They forgot to go back like that one Samaritan did to say, Jesus, I couldn't do this except for what you did. Jesus, there's no way. There's no way. I had no hope. I had no, I had no joy. I had no reason for living. I, got, I had this leprosy and I had these sores. and maybe, I, maybe he was missing some fingers or a hand or an arm or a foot. And Jesus, before I go home, and enjoy being with family again. Jesus, before I go eat a meal at my house. Jesus, before I go back to playing with my kids. Jesus, before I go back to all the things that are so great in life. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. When was the last time? When was the last time we went back? And said thank you. When was the last time you thanked him for your salvation? When was the last time you remembered what it was like to be spiritually in the same position as those lepers were physically? Without hope, without a future, without any any kind of of, uh, uh, sustainable quality of life? What was the last time you, you remembered what it was like when you, before you trusted Christ and, and you were just a, a sinner on your way to hell? And then Jesus came. Maybe for you it was weeks ago. For some of us it's been decades ago. But may I say, we all owe him thanksgiving nonetheless. Nonetheless, have we been saved so long that we've lost our gratitude for salvation? Have we been saved so long where we have totally lost our sense of awe, our sense of thanks, our sense of gratitude to the one who gave himself for us? Hey, I'm simply asking you a question. Which group do you fall in this morning? 
Are you part of the 90% that represent most? I, I believe this is on purpose. I believe on purpose in this story, 90% of the people involved didn't have enough decency to say thank you. And to be honest, I'm sure there was thrill, there was excitement, there was all kinds of, but one person out of 10 came back to give credit where credit's due. Hey, let me tell you something. <clears throat> all the glory in your life belongs to Jesus. Anything good that happens in your life is not because of you, but it's because of him. Anything good that happens in your family is not because of you, but it's because of him. Hey, any, anything that God allows you to do, you say, well, preacher, I, I'm busy serving the Lord. Hey, let me tell you something. Anything that's effectively done in the service for the Lord is not done because of who you are, because of who I am, but it's all because of who he is. And boy, whether it's for your salvation, the opportunity to serve, or, or whatever the case may be, we need to spend some time every day, not just one Thursday, the last Thursday of, thanks, uh, of November every year. We all spend some time every day as that one leper did. I'm sorry, excuse me former leper by the way you read the rest of that story when Jesus when he left the presence of Jesus not only was he cleansed but he was one who was made whole he was made whole you say preacher what does it mean Harry said here's what I believe it means if he had lost a hand I believe he left the presence of Jesus with another hand you say you believe that from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head I do that's what he said he left the presence. Look at it for yourself. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 19. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee. And the last word is whole, complete. There's some benefits to gratitude, my friend. Ask yourself, my time's done. Ask yourself the question this morning. Which group do you identify with? The 10% who say, Jesus, thank you. The 10% who glorify God for everything that he's done in your life, or do you identify yourself with the 90% who get so busy, so excited about, oh yes, God's been good to me, <clears throat> but you don't stop to go back and express some gratitude. Well, God help us. Where are the nine, Jesus said. I don't know about you. I don't want to be part of the nine. Oh, thank God they were cleansed. Thank God for it. I'd like to think that I spent time with the 10%. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us. You've been so good to us.